I'm Noel Holtzman, and this is Open Concept from Yahoo Finance. I made this podcast to bring attention to the entrepreneurs and innovators in Canadian business. This week, I sit down with the co-founder of one of the largest porn sites in the world. Montreal-based Minivids has over 2 million paid subscribers or members and 16,000 cam stars. There's a temptation here, I know, to jump to some value judgment about the industry and the people in it. If possible, I'd ask you to just hold those thoughts as you hear this conversation unfold. I feel like I was pretty much born an entrepreneur. You know that at five years old, I would try to sell drawings to my mom and always trying to sell juice on the streets. And it was just something that was in me. So hi, uh, my name is Bella French and I'm the co-founder and CEO of ManyVids.com. ManyVids is essentially an e-commerce and live streaming site. But on this point, Bella is clear. Hers is a tech company. The product, however, is porn. Men and women, sometimes together, though often apart, performing on camera, usually in the privacy of their own home. This scene is one part of Bella's story, and it's a big one, of course. But there's much more here, too. What's equally important when you speak with her is the work she's doing to improve the lives of sex workers, to remove the exploitation and shame and instill a sense of decency for the people involved. Bella understands these issues well. She found herself in the porn industry out of a deep financial desperation. She's now turned those circumstances around, not without some trials, and created a business that now employs 85 people and has been featured in Rolling Stone, BuzzFeed, Vice, and Men's Health. I have to build stuff. I'm a builder. If it's not for a business, I I have to build stuff at home. I have to have projects all the time. This is just how I know how to live. When I started, my perception of the adult industry was really bad. But then when I actually started coming, I was shocked because I was being told compliments and how beautiful I was. And the community was really great. And I was really overwhelmed with love, I could say, and I was shocked because I I thought that was not how the adult industry was. There's always those guys that go on cam and they tell you how ugly you are, you you shouldn't be doing this, and you're a slut, but not even 5% of the webcam community. So I was shocked on how beautiful of a community it was. And that's when I started to realize that my vision of the adult industry was not at all what it really was. I started to realize the abuse, obviously a bit later on, more when we started ManyVids, because of how we were realizing how girls were treated when they were making videos or the contracts those girls were under that were completely unacceptable and that's when we started to realize okay there's a lot more to this than just providing a marketplace we have to make a change in 2014 bella founded many vids with two partners it was not her first business that came in 2004 when she launched the first of two clothing stores in downtown montreal both proved to be an incredibly informative experience and a testament to the fact that what may initially seem like an unmitigated disaster can often prove to be the best thing that ever happened. There were some really hard times and I started my first store. I operated it for about four years, a little bit less. And 
I was not making a lot of money at all, so I had to do pretty much everything. So I was creating the clothes, I was sewing it, selling it, operating the store. It was a lot of hours, like 80 to 100 hours every week for about four years. And uh, yeah, af after that, I just couldn't take it anymore. And I realized I have to move on from here. I have to go somewhere else. So I decided to go study at uh, HSC Montréal. I understand you studied, that was at 25, you, you went, I guess, back to school, studied until you were 27, and then went back into retail and opened a second store, is that right? Yeah, exactly. So did you feel having that two years of, of business training that you were now in a better place, you kind of understood, you know, whether it was ordering or marketing or supply side management, you felt you were in a better place to actually run a business, is that the idea? They've done a lot of studies throughout the years with different businesses, and they tell you what is the best way to operate. Like, what are the, the best chances you'll have to succeed if you operate in a certain way? And it was really exciting because I was realizing that a lot of stuff I was already doing was one of those things that I had to do that were really important for me to succeed. So what I did is... Towards the end of those two years, I started another clothing line. And that's pretty much how I was surviving at school. Um, so I started to sell in other stores while I was studying and with this new collection. And I had a really different direction from my first um, store. And I told myself, when I'm going to finish school, I'm going to reopen a new store. But this time I'm going to go all out. This new store, I told myself, maybe the reason why the first store didn't go really well is because I didn't invest that much money. I told myself I'm going to go and get as much money as I can and really start this new store and make it fabulous. It's going to be like awesome. And that's pretty much what I did. And I went and I got about $250,000 to start this store. And I started it and it was not going well. The thing is that when I had my first tour, store, sorry, Forever 21, H&M, American Apparel did not exist and wasn't there in Montreal. So there was more I was able to sell a lot more, but then when those giants came to Montreal, it was almost, it, it was impossible to compete. Then eight months after you started your second store, was there, was it a fire or a fire and then a flood? <laughs> <laughs> Something bad happened. Something bad, but there was no fire. <laughs> oh, wasn't it, just, it was just a flood. It wasn't as bad as that. <laughs> okay. Yes. Yeah, so basically it's August it's very hot outside. I come in the store and there's, a, you know, when you put your alarm system, yes. there's like this ring. So you, I didn't hear anything. I just felt like it was smelling weird in the store. So I come in, I unlock the alarm system and then I hear like water leaking. I'm like, uh oh, what's going on? And I go towards the end of the store and I open the lights and there's a flood, like there's water everywhere. And uh, yeah, it was total loss, total damage. It was really bad. But then insurance wouldn't cover that. Oh my God, yes. So this sorry, is- Sorry no, for bringing no, up all these no, painful no. memories. No, you know what? Uh, There's, I'm so happy it happened. If this would not have happened, I wouldn't be talking to you today. Yes. And there's something really important. When you're an entrepreneur, you will get hit with bad news literally almost every hour of the day. So you have to learn to deal with really bad situations. Yes. And it, that was a bad situation and it really helped me become stronger and a stronger entrepreneur. 
So yes, what happened is when I got insured, I was asked, uh, you want to be insured up to how much? And I, as unexperienced as I was, and I just never thought that something like that could happen. I thought someone's going to come in the store and steal some stuff. Yeah. And then if they steal from me, they'll steal. I don't think they could ever steal up to $50,000. So I asked to be covered up to $50,000. Yes. So when I called, that's what they told me. And But I had just invested $250,000. And throughout those six months, I had lost money. I was not making money. It was really, really hard. So basically, I just, from one day to another, had like $200,000 of debts. That must have been an extremely stressful moment in terms of figuring out what now. Well... It was stressful, but it didn't stay super stressful for too long because the thing is that my dad had landed me a lot of money. My dad had given me access to his credit line okay. for up to $60,000. And everything else was like credit cards and loans. And um, I had promised him that I would never not pay him or his money would be safe with me. So I couldn't go bankrupt. I had to pay back. And the thing is that the credit cards that I had, he had signed for them. So ultimately, all this money would have ended up being his debts. Yes. And I, I, I love my dad very much, but he is he has taught us to be extremely independent. And I could not make that phone call. I just, I never did. I could not call him and tell him, thank you for, for you know, trusting me with that credit line but i i can't pay it anymore i i just i knew this would be so devastating to him and to our relationship so i told myself i'm i, I can't do that so for about two three weeks um i had maybe i don't know ten thousand dollars left of inventory i was trying to sell it to many other stores and it was just nobody was interested for two weeks i am sending my CVs everywhere in Montreal, trying to get a job as a fashion designer and nobody's calling back. So I got really, really like to a dark place. I, I was like, that's it. I don't know what I'm going to do. I, I have no idea. And I called my best friend at the time, who is now the COO and co-founder of Many Vids. And he tells me, um, I know someone who that person is Gino, who's the CTO of Many Vids. Uh, Gino's girlfriend is a cam girl and she makes a lot of money and I was like oh okay well how much is a lot of money and he said well it's about 5,000 USD a month and for me that was insane amount of money I, I mean I had never ever made anything close to that in the past almost 10 years of me being an entrepreneur so I was like wow okay this is awesome what is a cam girl and then he tells me, go check on this side and that side and, and you'll see. So I actually go and I am insulted. I am shocked. I'm like, are you crazy? Why would you ever think I would do something like that? Like, this is not me. You know, I'm better than that. I came from a place that I had never, I had watched porn, but just, you know, with girlfriends laughing, like, oh my yes. God, what is this? And yeah. I, I just didn't know about that whole industry or that whole environment. And for me, like a lot of people out there, to me, like porn stars, cam girls, it was like, 
it was not good. You were not supposed to do those things. And another two weeks pass by and I come up to the realization that, you know what, this is pretty much the only option I have. And I'm going to do this, but I'm not going to tell anyone. So nobody's ever going to know about the fact that I've done that sex work and I'm going to pay my debts and that's it. And then I'm just going to start a new business, maybe in fashion, do something else. And that's pretty much how it started. I started my first profile on a famous campsite and then I had no idea how it worked. It was really, really difficult for me. And I'm I'm French Canadian and at that time I couldn't really speak English really well. Like I still struggle, but before it was just really, really hard for me. And before becoming a cam girl, I was already blonde. I had already had a boob job. I was al- I already had that kinky side of me. So I was pretty much ready to go. I had some stripper shoes, you know, for, for fun nights and stuff like that. So I just started camming and it went pretty well, pretty fast. And that was the beginning of me realizing, okay, I'm gonna get out of those debts. And it took me about three years to pay back everything that first sort of transition that you made and you were saying you went in with like some real trepidation about performing in in that capacity. How long was it before you felt confident enough to sort of identify yourself as a cam girl and then to be part of a community where you're starting to compare notes? Was that that months or was that like the first year? Like what was that transition like? The transition was really fast. I think within the first couple of months, for sure after six months, I told myself, because initially it was just to pay debts and stay underground. And after six months, I'm starting to become really popular and I like what I'm doing. I'm having fun. It's the first time in my life that I am actually making money and I'm actually having a great life in the sense that I don't have to work 16 hours every day and I just wake up. I, I I love to train. So I would go to the gym, then I would get ready. I had this great lifestyle and I was like, whoa, okay. If more people knew about this, so many people would just become cam girls or cam boys. But because of the stigma that comes with it, a lot of people's, you know, they're afraid. After six months, I was fully in i was actually really enjoying what i was doing i liked i became not addicted i became really heavily involved in the community and um i was having fun having orgasms in front of a lot of people i thought that was so cool yeah i I liked it i had a blast being a cam girl but the entrepreneur in me wanted to do more coming up In 2014, Bella moved to Los Angeles, the epicenter of the porn industry, to become a star. Within months, she was back in Montreal. She explains why the scene was not for her. LA, in in many respects, is kind of the epicenter of the porn industry. But what was the thinking behind relocating from Montreal to LA? What what did you want to do? Okay, so... 2014, I'm pretty known in the industry and I want to bring Bella French to the next level. I want to become a famous porn star because what happened, I, w- I was just a cam girl and there's nothing bad to being just a cam girl, but that's I was an amateur 
making amateur videos. And I told myself, I want to go to LA where everything happens and I want to be a famous porn star. So I moved to LA and with high hopes and dreams and I start to meet producers and agents and they're really nice people, very, very friendly. But I, I feel this vibe, this thing where I realized that, okay, this is not exactly what I thought it was going to be. I thought that once I would go to LA, I would stop camming and become more of a celebrity, more of a porn star, go on set and do movies. But I'm being told that, you know, the industry is, has changed a lot in the past couple of years, and that's probably not what's going to happen. I'm going to still have to do camming and do porn. And I start to realize pretty much how much money I would make by doing those porn movies. And I'm like, oh, I actually make more being a cam girl, staying at home. So you weren't in LA for very long, um, no. but you said you didn't like the vibe. Like, what was the what was the vibe that? Like, first off, what's the vibe, and then what didn't you like about it? So I would say it's more f for me. I'm a very introvert. I'm like a hermit. I like to stay at home and work. And I understood that this industry, it's a lot of networking. You have to go outside. You have to do parties. I don't drink. I don't do drugs. And I just felt like I know for sure because I'm I'm a hermit and I'm shy. I'm not gonna go at those events and it's gonna hinder, if you can say my yes. my porn star career. Yeah. And I'm really obsessed with STDs. I'm super afraid of it. So basically I asked, what about STDs? Is is this like how can we make sure to prevent this? And they this is what I was told. Yeah. And I mean, I, I'm not saying that this is what happens all the time, but I was told that, yes, you will get STDs, but it's not that big of a deal because it's not anything too important like AIDS or something that you'll keep for the rest of your life. And for me, that was it. That was like, okay, that's yeah. it. I'm, I'm like, there's no way I, I, I can do this. And I, don't, I really don't want to say that porn stars, they have STDs or anything like that, but... For me, that was like, I, I can't, I'm, I'm going to go back to Montreal and I'm going to work full time on many vids and just give everything I have for that. Did it seem like, and I, I certainly don't want to put words in your mouth, I'm just trying to capture what the industry is like. Did it seem like a sort of a exploitative or sort of a patriarchal kind of business and that it's run by men I, I I'm asking I, I simply yeah. don't know no like there's there's men out there that has have porn businesses and they're they're doing it the right way I'm not saying that every man in the adult industry are bad but there is there are way too many of those type of individuals that they they try to find the youngest girls that are that don't have experience and that are innocent and they sell them the dream that they're going to become superstars. And But if they want to become superstars, they have to do this and that and that. And then it gets like more and more hard, hardcore and more and more intense. And that's what really we're trying to fight against is that you should never do anything that you don't want to do. And you will not become more famous if you do really hardcore stuff. Yes, there are a lot of people out there, and it's not just men. There's also women in those teams that are pushing younger girls to do stuff they shouldn't be doing. I That's why for us it's so important. 
become your own boss, do your own thing in the safety of your own home, and you are in control and decide what you want to do, and you will be safe from STDs and all those things. The content creators on many vids are called MV stars. And we want to tell MV stars, you are going to learn how to become an entrepreneur. And this is going to be an amazing foundation for the rest of your life. And eventually we want to give them tools how to manage their money and how to protect themselves even more. It is okay to be a sex worker, but do it the right way. So after a couple of years of sex work, you're not completely, you know, emotionally destroyed or stay away from drugs. Don't, don't do those things. You don't have to do those things to be a sex worker. So you returned to Montreal. And then how did you scale up many of its from presumably would, would have been very small at the time, right? You oh, yeah. and maybe like <laughs> a few others or like now you have, as you say, a COO and a CTO. How did you, and you, I know you've got a, what is it, 16,000 square foot office. Yeah, yes. How did you take that from you with a camera to the size that it is now? Okay. So I, yes, I have two co-founders and nothing would have been possible without them. I just came up with the idea. I came up, it's so funny because I, the the COO is my boyfriend and when I found the URL manyvids.com I told him oh my god this is it it's going to be called manyvids.com we're going to start the website and he thought it wasn't that good of a name and it's funny because we laugh about it till this day but pretty much he helped me so he was at school learning learning how to code I was camming and Gino was already working for very prestigious tax firms in Montreal. So what happened is I tell my boyfriend, let's do this cool community website. And he calls Gino, who is uh, the guy that his girlfriend, who is now his yes. fiance, introduced me to the cam world. And the three of us, we really truly believed in this project. And we told ourselves, all right, we're going to do this. But at first, I'm still camming, Set is at school, and Gino's working. And that's what happened when I went to LA. We were still working on it, but it was more like the second project. It wasn't the most important things in, in our lives. When I came back to Montreal, I kind of was a bit discouraged from my initial goals and what I wanted to achieve in this industry. And I just told myself... Based on your experience in LA? Just, just because I realized that there was no way I would achieve my goals as a famous porn star okay, yes. and, you know, didn't have to do all the things I was doing at the time, camming and photo yes. shoots and, well, yeah. So when I came back, just because of who I am and my entrepreneur spirit, I told myself, this is it. This is what I'm going to do. I don't care about anything else. And I'm going to put everything I have into building many vids. So I came back to Montreal and I was living in a basement that used to be an old garage. It was really like not a nice apartment at all. My boyfriend had a lot of debts. I was just getting out of debts. And I told myself, we're going to do this. So I took my computer and I started to invite cam girls that I knew and that I respected a lot, and I invited them to join many vids. Hey, would you consider joining this platform and that platform? And I think I helped convince about 18 really, really cool 
cam girls and they started to make sales so they would tell their fans on twitter or instagram i made sales and then it would attract other people and we kept inviting and for me it was really really important to always improve the platform till this day we're just constantly improving because i think that's what shows to the community that things are going well and we're working for them so that's pretty much what happened and it's just it was a lot of hard work it was really really hard but it was it was exciting at the same time is the idea exclusivity so that if you wanted to to see this person you have to go to many vids is that kind of the conduit or do they can they appear on your site while also maintaining an independent website of their own yes so we we refuse to give to control them yes. or ask them for exclusivity that is not what we're about because we everything we do is to make them more successful so we want to give them the platform that allows them to promote whatever they want and they can do whatever they want so basically on many vids you're allowed to promote other clip sites okay that we compete against but we believe that that's what's best for the uh, MV star so they do whatever they want whenever they want we do not have any control on their content we do not own their content if an MV star wants to delete their content we delete it right away we are not like the other uh, platforms or campsites out there there's a lot of campsites that because many vids became what it is today cam girls that have profiles on many vids are not even allowed to mention that they have profiles on many vids on other campsites or else they're going to get banned from that campsite yeah we don't understand that type of mentality like that's not what we're all about and we want just the girls to be free and the guys to be free so how does the, how does the business model work for you to to access a video say if i'm the consumer then i have to subscribe to many vids and then is that how it goes that there's like a monthly fee okay so the way it works is is a little bit like twitter meets amazon meets youtube so let's say i'm a cam girl i create my profile on many vids and within that profile i can sell videos uh, store items store items or, or physical goods like sure. panties bra then they can sell their own membership so they can decide from all their videos which of those videos are part of the membership that they offer okay they can get tipped they can participate the contest they can create fund me's they can sell texting messaging it's the one-stop shop for everything you need to be successful in the adult industry and what makes many vids so interesting is that we have close to 17,000 and be stars on the website. So it's cool for the consumer. They come in this community and they discover a lot of MV stars and they're part of this positive, respectful community. We have a blog where you can write comments and just get to learn what's happening in the adult industry. What is the business model for you? Is it advertising? Is it subscription? How does it, where do you get your, your cut essentially? Okay, so we make a percentage on every cell. Okay. It is free for all the MB stars to use the platform and we make a cut every time they sell. It is free for the members to be part of also many vids. You can 
be a member and look at all our magazines for free, write comments on the MV blog. We also have this cool live feature called MV Takeover, which a model takes over the website and is live. And you can write comments on that wall and communicate with those MV stars for free. We do not sell advertisement on many vids. This is something that we've never done just because we want right now to focus our attention on the MV stars and give them all the attention. And of the 17,000 members or, or participants, presumably that's global now, yes, right? Yes, it's so exciting. It's all over the world. Yeah. Is the industry or the practices, are they totally universal in so much that what's popular in Argentina is similarly what's popular in Canada or what might be popular in Hong Kong? Or does each sort of region, culture have sort of a different flavor? There's always a different flavor. I think body types, what people like from different countries are different. But it's honestly, it's always the same things that are very popular. It's always the same type of movies or videos that are, are viewed the most. It's just, I don't know, it's universal. And what is that? Like, what is it sort of the, typically the most popular? Everything that is pretty much anal is very, very popular. Uh, something that is very popular on many vids, it's BBW, Big Beautiful Women. Okay. So women that are a bit bigger. Okay. That's really, really popular. There's something surprising, but it's constantly in the top search words is pregnant. So women with pregnant uh, or, or videos are very popular and it's pretty much always the same. Is it? Huh? Yeah. We've been operating for four years and it's always pretty much the, the same. The same. Yeah. What, what appeals to people. Um, and then the other question I, I, I wanted to ask you is I read or, or saw you quoted saying as a former cam girl, I know uh, these women's struggles. And I'm wondering what you meant by the struggles. Is it, are the struggles universal as well? Like what these women are experiencing? Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, me, I just became blonde and had a boob job and I couldn't see my nephews anymore. I was almost banned from my family. When you're a sex worker and you try to go open a bank account, you can't say you're a sex worker. And that m makes you feel ashamed. I've talked about the fact that there's maybe 5% of members that go on those campsites and what they like is to make you feel bad about being a sex worker and they tell you how disgusting you are and everything you're doing is so bad. It's really hard. Let's say you go out with friends and then you meet new people and they ask you, oh, so what is it that you do? Like a lot of sex workers, they just pretty much lie because they know that if they say, oh, I'm a cam girl or I'm a stripper or whatever, that you feel this look on you, you feel this disgust and it's really difficult. Family members, how are you going to go at Christmas and yeah. tell your uncle, yeah, you know what, uh, I'm a cam girl and I masturbate in front of hundreds of people online. They're going to almost move their kids away from yes, you. Yes. And, you know, this it, it's really hard to walk in the shoes of an adult performer. Has you, that gotten any better? I, 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 do, for you, do you feel it? I mean, I don't. you're not still a cam girl, right? 
no, so I'm I'm not I'm not performing yes. anymore. But I I feel like very recently, I think things are getting a little bit better. I think the best way we can do this and move forward is by empowering sex workers. When someone asks you what you do and you feel when you answer with shame, the people they feel that they can, you know, bully you more. Yes. But if you answer, I'm a cam girl and I'm a successful independent entrepreneur and you are confident about saying who you are, that's going to change a bit the mentality. I think that's important. Usually shame does not come from other men. It usually comes from other women that don't understand the industry. And they think all of a sudden, because you're a cam girl or a porn star, that you're gonna steal their boyfriends. And in in a party, you're gonna go in the bathroom and have an orgy with everyone. And that's not the case at all. If you are making money because of sexual acts, you're not gonna give it for free. Like usually porn stars and cam girls are really the most respectful women. They don't just jump on people, but I think there's this mentality. So there's a lot of hate coming from other women. And I just wish that we could come together as a team, as the woman team and start to respect each other and understand that there's a lot of single moms out there that are capable of offering their kids a great life and a good education because of sex work. And that's amazing. Do you think that there should be a distinction between uh, sex work as practiced by uh, through prostitution and sex work that is, is a cam girl and porn star? Do you, do you feel that, that those should be in separate buckets or is it really just a kind of a continuum of this is sex work? Well, that's a really good question. I think that they are different. They have different challenges and different levels of consequences. But I think that we should not separate them. I think this should be viewed as sex work. And sex work is a great service that obviously is not going anywhere. I think the problem is trying to pretend that it doesn't exist. And that's when really bad things happen. And that's when people come in and they try to abuse even more because they have this freedom because nobody's looking at what's going on in the industry. I wish prostitution was legal everywhere in the world because now they could have, they could be protected. And that's really important. I just wish it was recognized as a normal profession. It's everywhere. It's all over the world. It's been happening forever since the beginning of humanity. Why is it that we still can't accept it? What is it about it? It's it's hard for me to understand. I do understand. I know where people come from, but I, I just wish we could have an open conversation and have people realize that it's not as bad as they think it is. Yeah, we, we need to bring light into this industry. It, it does exist. There's a lot of people working as sex workers and they are human and they are respectful people, very smart like anyone else. So let's stop pretending it doesn't exist.
you mentioned earlier your family you felt a bit trepidatious about talking to them about what you do everyone must know and recognize now who you are and what you have achieved well uh yes and no okay (laughs) (laughs) so my mom knows about bella french because i don't know what what is it with moms but they're like professional detectives yeah and that's what they do so she just tracked me down and figured it out okay my dad when did that happen oh wow that was a long time ago okay basically what happened is when i became a cam girl full-time i just had to completely remove myself from my family it was just too difficult i i felt like they were trying to change me or they were trying to kind of make me stop not not stop being a cam girl because they didn't know about it they just saw how i was evolving my style my my blonde hair getting bigger boobs and they just thought there's something wrong with her she needs help yeah she needs help she needs to go see a psychologist she's lost it and i was just trying to let them understand no i'm still exactly the same person i just this is what i want to do now this is how i want to look yeah so i had to kind of just push myself away a little bit from my family to not feel that judgment but yeah so my mom discovered what i did and she never told anyone but my dad till this day has no idea he knows i operate a business but he doesn't know what the business is about i have like once again the stigma of being a sex worker i'm 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 in it i can't tell him i don't know how he's going to react and uh so yeah that's that's that situation and i have two brothers and it's the same thing they don't know they don't know so does your dad he doesn't know that the company's named many vids no (laughs) (laughs) actually you know what my dad is a very smart man i'm pretty sure he's aware i just i just can't tell him i can't do it you can't have that conversation yeah I, i i yeah i don't know why i i'm I'm afraid of the consequences or what's going to happen if he knows and I don't want to lose him in my life so I don't know and I'm I'm just too afraid. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's a that's a really tough situation. Um just sort of the last thing I wanted to ask you is in your answers and, and comments there's a real passion for creating a better industry and a better society. That seems to energize you even more than running a business is that where you're going to be channeling your energies around the stigma and the treatment of women in particular yeah a hundred percent when we started many vids i wanted to operate a business i wanted to have team members like employees and i was really driven and excited about that and i would say for the past year it kind of shifted for me, money is the byproduct of many vids, and many vids is the byproduct of what I'm really trying to achieve, which is helping a lot more and change the perception yeah. of people about the adult industry. That for me is is what I want to do for the rest of my life. I love operating many vids. I love coming up with new ideas and new initiatives to help MV stars being become independent, successful entrepreneurs. But my heart is really elsewhere. My heart, 
it's still within many vids, but what I really want to achieve is help the LGBTQ community be accepted and women being accepted as sex workers. That's where I want to go. And I think many vids will help us bring us there. Many vids is amazing because it helps give me a voice. I can actually start talking. And for the first time in my life, people are going to start listening because of the fact that we helped build this business together. So yes, that's what I want to do. That's why I decided to come out as the CEO, because for the first four years, nobody knew about me at all. Nobody knew I was even part of many vids. Yeah. Bella, it's been a real pleasure and an honor to speak with you today. Thank you so much for coming in. I really enjoyed the opportunity. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for thinking outside of the box and welcoming like an ex-sex worker and someone from the adult industry in your studio. Thank you. That was Bella French, co-founder and CEO of ManyVids. If you like this show, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or your favorite listening app. Drop us a review or let us know a disruptive Canadian business leader who you'd like to hear from. I'm Noel Holzman. You can reach me at nholzman at oath.com or find me on Twitter at ngholzman. The show is produced by Stephanie Werner. We'll see you next week.